You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me tonight, as always, is my amazing co-host, Matt, who you can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Good evening, Matt. How are you? Evening, Kev. Yeah, very well after that amazing comment. That's, uh, that's <laughs> cheered me up no end. But yeah, obviously, Super Bowl week, so got to be excited, don't we? I mean, it's, the, <laughs> it's yeah. the big one. It's the one we've all been waiting for, even though, um, sadly, our teams didn't make it. But <laughs> yeah, exciting times for the, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought it'd be a little bit nice this episode, because... Um, well, well, usually I don't say amazing at the start. I just say, like, <laughs> it's Matt, it's Ali. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's not Matt and Ali this week. It's uh, just you, Matt, which yeah. it's going to be an awesome show, me and you. it's It's been a while. Like old times. Like old times. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Ali's not with us this week. Uh, we're going to come up with some sort of um, <laughs> lie. Um, uh, I just think he's, he's not letting on, is he, just how much that Tom Brady retirement. I think it's, it's cutting deep. You have to have a... Let's have a week off and regather himself. <laughs> Indeed, I'm sure he'll be back very soon, maybe as early as next week. So, uh, yeah, yeah, if he's if he's enjoying his time at the Pro Bowl, um, then yeah, we're, we're looking to have him back very soon. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Pro Bowl, that was that filled last week's gap because mm-hmm. before that we had the NFL playoffs, and on today's show we'll be reviewing the standout performances from the 2021 NFL playoffs from a dynasty perspective. So it's going to be players that have stood out for the right and wrong reasons. Um, and we'll let you decide that on this first guy if he stood out for the right or wrong reasons. So mm. pass you over to your first chap we'd like to speak about tonight, Matt. Yeah, I've gone for Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy GQ. I think it's, it's tough. I like you just said, I don't know. Is it, is it good? Is it bad? I think it's, uh, it's a bit like Marmite, isn't it, Jimmy Garoppolo, when it comes to, <laughs> comes to the fantasy football community. But I yeah, like- so come I don't, like I, don't, that, mate. I don't either. I don't <laughs> even care. So <laughs> that says it all, doesn't it? Um, yeah, coming off a, a successful season, but like I say, one that none of us really wanted him to to have. Uh, made it all the way to the championship weekend. And I mean, fair play to him, keeping hold of the starting job. Obviously, we know Trey Lance coming for, for a game. Sadly, he got hurt after that game. So it allowed Jimmy G yeah. to come back in. And fair play to him, keeping keeping hold of the job all, all season. Um, but I'd, I'd argue the, four, the 49ers, I think they made it as far as they did in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo, really. Um, I'm, I'm not going to put it down to, to Jimmy Garoppolo carrying them to, to the playoffs and as far as they did. Um, in the postseason, in those three games that he played against the Cowboys, uh, the Packers and the Rams, 43 completions, 535 yards. So that's 58% completion rate, two touchdowns and three interceptions. So, as I say, nothing nothing exciting. And then just looking at some of the stats on on player profile, looking back to the regular season, 29th in, in deep ball attempts and deep ball completions, 31st in money throws. So again, nothing nothing inspiring at all. And then you've just got to look at the supporting cast efficiency ranking. That was fourth. That just goes to show that the weapons that he has, yeah. Debo, Mitchell, Kittle, Ayuk, all these guys, they're, they're the ones that carried this team as far as they did. All Jimmy Garoppolo had to do was, was just get the ball out of his hands and, and those guys did the rest. So, yeah, yeah there's rumours going around that Garoppolo is, is expected to be traded this offseason. I've heard that the 49ers looking for a, a second-round pick for him. I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, yeah, he's, he's not he's not the sexiest. Maybe maybe to look at, but not in terms of, <laughs> of his, his ability on the field. He's, 
it's not elite. It's not one of these elite options, but he is he's a steady option. And to be honest, I think there's quite a few NFL teams out there that, that probably need that right now. A guy that can could just steady the ship a little bit and maybe get a year or two out of him. Um, and then in, in fantasy, it's pretty much the same. And it is a, a low end QB two, not much upside, but he is pretty safe, I guess. And yeah. he doesn't he doesn't usually let you down many weeks. He just, as I say, just not very in, inspiring. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully he's got a couple of years left in him. So my question to you, Kev, is if Garoppolo does decide to to leave San Francisco, which of his pass catching weapons? Um, do you think dynasty value is going to be affected the most by him leaving? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm glad you didn't ask me to find the Jimmy G spot where he's going to land next year. <laughs> um, I'd have trouble finding where he's, he's going to land it, the, the, the G spot as such. So, uh, we um, find it again. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> um, just a small rant to begin with on Jimmy G. I mean, QB wins, it's not a stat. I think he is a bit of a fraud, to be honest. You touched upon it with how good the weapons were to make him look better than he actually is. He's like Monty Burns in the war on the Simpsons where he's getting, he's faking injury and getting carried by his teammates. So yeah. um, second round pick, I'm sure that a team will be willing to pay that. He's a, he's a guy that's gone to a Super Bowl. He's gone deep into the playoffs in another. Um, I see him as a bridge QB veteran, which is fine. A QB free in dynasty. Um, that's my rant over on Jimmy G. Obviously, um, him leaving potentially means Trey Lance arriving. So I think I'm going to first of all take the question another way and say that I think that all the weapons values will go down actually when um, when Jimmy G leaves, which is pretty shocking because obviously Trey Lance is going to create hysteria. Um, the, the, when I say the value is going down, I mean in my eyes, um, I think in the public's eyes, the value is going to go up. Um, like like I said, Trey Lance, he's still around him. He's maintained his value more than any other QB uh, that was a rookie this season. But short term, I just can't see better results for these receivers and tight end with Lance than Jimmy G. I think it'll be a run-heavy approach. I know it's been quite heavy already, but I can't see him suddenly becoming a pass heavy team or increasing the the passing opportunity. I think there's going to be growing pains. And as well, Trey Lance is a Konami QB. He's going to be scoring more rushing touchdowns. It's going to take away from the receiving touchdowns. Um, but swinging it back to the original question and answering it properly, <laughs> I'm going to say George Kittle. Uh, just based on him being tight and three overall, I think he's too good a block to suddenly become 150 target tight end with the raw but highly touted and high potential of Trey Lance, in my opinion. Uh, I think the most stable is Debo, but I do worry about the rollers wide back and his durability in that role if they're going to give him 150 touches a season out of the backfield. Basically, 49ers players, they might not be as productive for fantasy, but hey, they might actually win a Super Bowl without Jimmy G at QB. So um, I just want to know if you think there's a different player that stands out to lose more with Lance at QB. I think, to be honest, Kev, I think you've pretty much nailed it. Like you said, is is going to be a rookie, a rookie quarterback coming in. It's going to need all the protection he can get. I think we know he's obviously got that rushing ability. We know he can extend drives with with his legs and everything. But I do think they're going to ask Kittle to do do some blocking for him, try and just help out a little bit more. Um, Debo Samuel, I think he's obviously going to he's still going to be fine in his role, given that he is such a a dynamic player, the fact that they can get the ball into his hand quick, they don't need to be running downfield, does it, to, to get fantasy points. He can 
as I say, do it out of the backfield, do it, do it in the short routes as well. So, yeah, Debo should be fine. Mitchell again. You would argue that maybe the the rushing that that Lance has got it could take away from Mitchell, but then again, we've seen it with guys like in in Baltimore with Jackson and then the running back over there. It kind of helps because the the defense doesn't know which player they, they need to focus on. Is it the quarterback yeah. or the running back? So. Yeah, I think Kittle is probably the one that stands out to me. Brandon Ayuk's another one. I think he's a guy that can can produce with the short routes, get get the ball to him, and another guy that, that's a bit of a playmaker. So, yeah, Kittle. I think I think you're spot on with that one, Kev. Kittle is the one that, that stands out to me that that could struggle, and given the fact that he is ranked so high as a as a tight end as well in fantasy. Yeah, and I just want to caveat as well, obviously. Um, our man who's not here tonight, Ali, he's a big Trey Lance fan. We've got a, mm-hmm. a few Trey Lance troopers that listen to the show as well. So just want to be very clear that I think Trey Lance is great. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's it's an awesome situation for him with all these guys that have got run after catchability and um, that are going to really help him inflate his pass numbers, even if he's not throwing it deep down the field all the time. I think it'll be a more of a shot, mm-hmm. shot play team where it's the, the big, big scoring plays. And stuff close to the line of scrimmage, like that's that happens now. Yeah, I think that's the exciting, the exciting thing with Lance is obviously if it takes time, we know that he can run the ball and everything. But we do also know that he's got a cannon as well. We can. It, it, it's not like he can't throw it deep. It's not like we're talking. It's going to sound a bit harsh, but like Lamar Jackson, obviously we know that the struggles. I know, I know his good friend Tom. He'll not, he'll not be happy that I mentioned <laughs> Lamar Jackson, but we know that he's not the greatest thrower. But he's still, he's definitely shown signs of improvement and everything, but. We just know that Lance has got that unlocked potential. We know he can throw it deep. He just needs to refine that a little bit. So, yeah, I think it's really exciting for Trey Lance. He's going to be a guy that I'm all that hype that's going to be getting getting built up around him. I'm going to be part of that hype. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for it, and and I can't wait to see what he can do. And hopefully, in a couple of years, we could be talking top top three quarterback in in terms of fantasy. Indeed, we indeed we might be. I think we will be. But um... yeah. But yeah, going from one exciting young QB in Trey Lance, even mm. though that was about Jimmy G, we've we, we, we <laughs> show with Jimmy G, didn't we? That's what we've really. been wanting to do all season, haven't we? So why, why change now? Push him under the carpet. We're going to stick with exciting young QBs, young, loosely, um, used as a term for this guy. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's Joe Burrow. I'm going to talk about Joe Burrow, the uh, QB of the Bengals who are in the the, the Super Bowl, future Super Bowl winning MVP, Joe Burrow. Maybe not this year, but <laughs> pretty good this off-season. Um, I mean, the cool kids call him Ice King Joe Burrow. Um, <laughs> I'm not that cool, but I think he's done amazing. You just made it uncool, Kevin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> sorry, sorry, lads. I've also seen called the, the Prince of Ohio and Joe Cool and all yeah. sorts of names. So, mm-hmm. Joey Franchise. Um, but yeah, coming off a horrific torn ACL last season, and then he's in his first full season as a starter in the NFL. He's took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. He's come from behind, win on the road at the Chiefs in Arrowhead. He overturned the 21 10 half time deficit. And the Chiefs are no mugs. They're an experienced team. They've been to the AFC Championship game the last four years under Patrick Mahomes. Um, I mean, we've definitely seen a rise in his dynasty value with the playoff run. Um, but if we look at his Actual output in the playoffs is fantasy points wise 17.56, 12.42, Um, It's an average that puts him on the QB 14 pace. Now, granted, that is against playoff level defense, but if we look a little bit deeper to those figures, uh, Las Vegas, they're middle of the road for how easy they are against the pass against QBs. Uh, Tennessee, 
um, is top 10 easy, and then Casey, uh, top three. So I think real life is doing awesome winning these big games, but fantasy, I'm still a little bit a little bit hesitant compared to the public, I think. We know that Burrow, he had that big fantasy finish. He was QB1 in the combined championship weeks, 16 and 17. But, yeah, this value increase has been rather interesting. That he's jumped up to QB4 on keep trade cut. He's gone above guys, proven elite guys, actually, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. And this is on the back of a QB10 finish overall last season, uh, 19.4 fantasy points per game. To give you some context, if we go back just a little bit, uh, Justin Herbert, he had 21.7 fantasy points in 2020, and his ADP only rose to QB7. So I guess the counter-argument is that if the dual threat returns for Burrow, that that's going to really lift his value as well. He scored 19.8% of his fantasy points from rushing in 2020, and then this season it dropped to 7.65%. So... Um, I do get that. I get. I also get the argument that QB4 is based on his situation, the weapons, uh, two top 10 dynasty wide receivers, a top 10 dynasty running back. No other QB in the league has that high-end weapons at his disposal. So just want to get your thoughts, Matt, on Joe Burrow, if you think he is a top five dynasty QB in your eyes. And if, so, if not, what percentage chance is it that you think he'll jump into your top five before the 2022 season? Yeah, so right now he's, he's right on the edge for me. I've got him as QB6. Um, but but it's, it's not a case of me not liking Joe Burrow. It's more that there's five guys that I like more than Joe Burrow, really. Um, it's probably in that, that big tier two that I've got alongside guys like Justin Herbert, yeah. uh, Murray, Lamar Jackson. All those guys, I think, are, are in one tier for me right now. So, yeah, on that side of it, it's not going to take much for him to break into that top five because, as I say, he's, he's tied with guys that I've got in the top five. Um, however, I do think we are going to see a spike in value from guys that are below him, such as the rookies from last year, Trey Lance, who we just spoke about, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, and then maybe there's, there's obviously guys like Deshaun Watson, if he plays next year, that's another guy that can that could take a jump up because we know that when when Watson's playing, he's he's top five quite easily for me. And, and depending where he lands and in the situation, as I say, and if he can play, he's another guy that can it can break up there so it is tough to say just how confident i am that he can he can make that jump into top five um putting a percent on it guys <laughs> go 50 see as, as, as i'm so see as, as i'm so indecisive i think 50 percent chance is there's a chance he could and a chance that he couldn't jump jump up into, into the top five <laughs> i'm sure our, our audience will love the clarity we've given <laughs> on uh... all right i'm gonna i'm gonna change it i'm gonna say it's more likely not to 49. be in the top five <laughs> Yeah, so that's forty nine percent. No, I just think there's, as I say, the, the guys below him, guys that I'm really excited about. Trey Lance is obviously we've just spoken about him. The guy I'm really excited about, Deshaun Watson, if he does play again, another quote about that. I, I think it's top quality. It could could easily be QB one if if all this this situation didn't happen and and uh, and everything. So yeah, my my final answer, Kev, is that he won't <laughs> he won't make it to the top five. But the situation is great as well that he's in, as you mentioned, that the weapons that he has, it it should lead to him being a, a rock solid QB one in, in fantasy. Yeah, I was just pulling your leg on that one, Matt. Obviously, top five is <laughs> right on his cusp. I just wanted to yeah. say that Joe Burrow is a huge dynasty sell, but uh, <laughs> jokes aside, I think he's 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 done awesome. He's definitely risen in value. I'm not quite there where the public are, but mm -hmm. he's definitely someone that's. Uh, Whereabouts do you have him, Kev? Just out of interest, are you, are you like me, just just outside, or? Yeah, I've know, got. I know me. you're not his biggest fan, so. <laughs> yeah, I've got him QB six. Yeah, but I've got him in a tier below, so I've got okay. 
the top three. Um, and then I've got another tier with Lamar and Kyler. And then Burrow's part of my tier three. I just can't put him up with those guys that have proven it with with the legs, really. If, if he does take that jump with his legs and gets back to the, what, 17% I mentioned of his fantasy points coming from rushing, I'm after bumping back up, actually. Let's get on the uh, <laughs> on the Joe Burrow train. <laughs> and speaking about yeah. trains, uh, this next guy, it's, mm-hmm. uh, oh, my God. There's plenty of bandwagon uh, fans that have really got on this hype train uh, last season and again um, towards the end of this season. So who's the next guy you're going to – that stood out for you in the playoffs, Matt? Yeah, so I've gone for, for Cam because I mean – Really impressive the fact that he's, he's even been able to play this year, given the fact that he tore his his Achilles in the in the off season. Um, I was really high head, on him heading into into this year. looked looked good in those final few games as a as a rookie. Um, the offense as a whole looked really exciting. The fact that Matthew Stafford was coming in and taking over for, for Jared Goff that that was a bump for me for for Cam Akers. And then absolutely gutted when he went down with with the Achilles injury. Um, and I was really concerned about the the future outlook. We know we know that the the common the common feeling when it comes to these these Achilles injuries, we 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 write as a as a death sentence for these running backs. But I mean, it's, it's completely blown that out of the water. The fact he's come back the same year and returned to football, it's it's a it's a real feel good story. The fact that he's been able to do it, getting back into into the playoffs, being a part of this team that's that's got all the way to the Super Bowl, it is a, a really feel good story. And it's it's looked yeah. good in in. In spurts, I think during the, the playoffs overall, though he has struggled to, to get things going. He's had 50, 54 carries, one hundred and fifty one yards. That's just uh, two point eight yards per carry, and then he's had five receptions for sixty two yards. Um, it's been really impressive the fact that he's been able to to handle a, a, a pretty strong workload. Eighteen carries per game he's been having in, in the playoffs. Again, the fact that he's he's come back from this injury and he's able to do that is is encouraging to see. Yeah. Um, it's just that the efficiency, it's just not being there in the playoffs. Um, and then just looking at his, his fantasy his fantasy value right now, um, given his return, it, it jumped as high as, as RB6 on Keep Trade Cut. Um, it has settled down a little bit now, gone down to, to RB10. Um, but long term is, is where it becomes interesting, just thinking about this backfield, how it's going to play out. Um, we know they've, they've obviously got Henderson, who, who again looks good. In spurts when he were, when he was healthy this past season, Sona Michelle as well has been really solid. Um, looks really good when filling in as as the lead back. So maybe does this backfield become a, a running back by committee in in twenty twenty two? The one thing to think about is that McVeigh usually rides that hot hand. He does tend to usually be a clear lead running back, a guy that tends to have the the majority of the carries. Um, yeah. So if I'm going to back anybody, if we are going to assume that he does do the same and, and gives it to a guy, I'm, I'm going to stick with, with Cam Akers. Um, I, I mean, I can't leave the guy. The fact that he's, he's come back and, and shown that he's, he's still pretty much the player that he was before the injuries, it's exciting. And um, But I do know that there's obviously risk attached to that. And I don't think that's been taken into consideration, to be honest, looking at the current rankings. So my question to you is, Kev, I, I know that you you disagree pretty much with the, <laughs> with the current value, especially when it was when it was high as RB six. But where do you have him now in your in your RB RB rankings? Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that he was running back six before the injury, and then he went back up to it after the injury. It's yeah. not making the risk of the unknown, the re-injury. How he's gonna look? It's a small sample that he's come back. I think it's a great feel-good story. Um, but it, it wasn't logical for me to bump up the running back six. Um, plus, I think I might be being a little bit harsh here, but what has he actually done? He had 
three nice games as a rookie versus um, three uh, really bad defences against running backs. Um, I do think it's good the fact that he's in the Rams system. We've seen Henderson shine. We've seen so and Michelle shine as well um, towards the end of this season. But with Akers, I, I doubt he's a bell cow again where he's going to be consistently getting 20 rushes a game. I think it would be wise for McVeigh not to do that. Um, it, but like looking at Akers from Dynasty point of view, he's my running back 12, which isn't too far off uh, running back 10, I think is yeah. where he's at now. I've got him in a tier with Acres, well, Acres, Etienne, and Dobbins. Uh, obviously, the link is there, all coming back from injury. Yeah. Um, I'm playing on two-year window, so I'm happily going to take guys like Dalvin, Kamara, and Saquon over him. So, would you have any of those three veterans over Acres in your rankings? I mean, it's tough, Kev. I am, I am a Cam Acres fan, so it's hard. But um, <laughs> I don't think Dalvin no. Cook had. had... <laughs> yeah, this, this is going to be a, a long-winded answer to say no, basically. But Dalvin Cook, <laughs> I, I don't have above. Um, Alvin Kamara is probably one that I have pretty close. Um, obviously, the, the news coming out in the past couple of days that he um, he got arrested and everything. That's going to yeah. be interesting to see how that how that develops. But um, yeah, guys like Kamara and, and Saquon, these are two guys that that have looked. Oh, Kev, you've, you've... <laughs> no, the answer is no. No, I've got Cam. <laughs> I've got Cam Akers above above these guys. It's hard to say. Obviously, as a, a Giants fan, I love Saquon Barkley, but. Um, what we've seen from Saquon these these past couple of years, it's been tough in terms of, of fantasy. And and if you have him in fantasy, you're, you're probably quite quite annoyed with how it's how it's turned out. So yeah, I've still got Cam Akers above, but I am fully fully aware that there is a bit of risk attached into into the fact that I've got him over those guys. Indeed, and you mentioned about being annoyed with running backs, and that that leads us nicely onto my selection. A guy that stood out for the wrong reasons in the playoffs, or didn't stand out at all really. Um, my good mate Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, two years now, he's failed expectations. Uh, running back 22 fantasy points per game as rookie, running back 29 fantasy points per game this season, then topped off by the usage in the playoffs. Um, I know it was coming off an injury in week 16, but it was clearly playing behind journeyman Jared McKinnon, eight touches against the Bills and seven against the Bengals. But if we look deeper, he's been outplayed by all sorts of vets, McKinnon. Daryl Williams, uh, Derek Gore. Um, it's been really frustrating time to be a CH owner, especially when you um, took him over guys like Swift, Akes, and Dobbins. If you was your running back one or two, um, I, I bottled it on CH when he went to KC. I moved him up uh, before the draft. I actually said that he'd never be a top fifteen dynasty running back, but yeah, landing spot maybe move him up. If I had more conviction, then I'd look like a legend now for that call, but. <laughs> Um, needless to say, it's, it's the lowest value he's ever been. He's currently running back 25 at keep trade cut, and he's been slowly drifting for the basically the past two years. Um, yeah. It's been a lot of excuses, a lot of underperformance, but he's potentially coming to the point where he's an easy sell low type in Dynasty. So um, who's the lowest ranked running back that you trade away CEH straight up for right now? Uh, I think somebody like AJ Dillon, that kind of that kind of range of running backs. Um, I'm, I haven't fully completed my rankings just yet, but CEH is pretty much around that mid low RB two range, and and that's obviously where I've got Dillon as well. Um, to be honest, I'm not I'm not fully out on Clyde Edwards there. I just wish that I mean we see it, what the the way that they use Williams and, and 
McKinnon. Why do they not use Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that way? I just, I mean, I just don't get it at all. When he was at LSU, he was used in the passing game, looked really good. I thought yeah. that was the the whole reason why Mahomes wanted to get a guy like that. And then it just turns out that he's he's just not really been used in the passing game like we thought he would. Um, and then just thinking about the injuries, that is that is a bit of a big concern as well. Um, obviously, it's what you get. I mean, these these smaller running backs <laughs> pays me to say it because it obviously <laughs> links exactly. I was waiting for that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you do have those concerns, don't you, with these smaller guys? The fact that you do. you've got these like six foot seven, six foot eight uh, defensive players jumping on top of him, you, you you do wonder how they manage to to avoid the injuries. So that is a bit of a concern with him. Um, missed time both of the the previous two years, and and as well, both of those times have been around the the fantasy playoffs. So that's that's really got a sting if you if you have them in dynasty. Um, yeah, I agree with what you said, Kevin. I'm probably looking to get off him while there's still people that have a bit of bit of hope in the fact that he can make that bounce back um yeah one more failed year and i think i think that's it i think you've missed your chance to to jump off him yeah it's it's really fun and interesting trying to think of ways of how i can package edwards alaire um, (laughs) in a trade off my team without making it look too obvious i'm just trying to flog him but um yeah he's a guy that's got rock bottom dynasty value the next guy we're going to discuss is the opposite really isn't it it's a guy that's at the highest value of his career so mm-hmm. with that tease who's the next guy for you Matt? yeah it's gabriel davis the the wide receiver from the the buffalo bills and, and like you said a really quiet season from him to be honest in in 2021 um many hoped that he would have that that breakout um but he was stuck behind guys obviously stefan diggs then cole beasley emmanuel sanders and um, stuck behind these guys on the depth chart for most of the year had a, a little run of good games week 13 to, to week 15 where he scored four touchdowns in in those three games but beyond that in in the regular season didn't really see much from him but then then the playoffs come around and it turns into a completely different player against new england he had just two receptions but 41 yards and a touchdown and then the game that we're all going to talk about all off season Mental. against the kansas city chiefs eight receptions 201 yards and four touchdowns i mean it's, it's it's crazy to think that yeah that he did that and as i say given the fact that we barely saw him during the, the regular season just to come in playoffs and, and do that is crazy but in turn that's now seen his, his value take a take a jump on keep trade cut he's jumped up from the, the wide receiver 44 before that game and then right after that game jumped up to wide receiver 34 so 10 spots <laughs> in in the space of, in the space of three hours or whatever the game was Class. so yeah crazy um just looking back he was a he was a fourth round pick in the 2020 nfl draft but i think the future outlook it does become interesting both cole beasley who i mentioned and emmanuel sanders these are both guys that are 32 and over both coming up to the end of, of the contracts as well i believe that that sanders is a free agent this offseason Beasley, i think it's got got one more year before he's a free agent so it does then yeah. enter an interesting part does it does he then take a step forward is he going to be used more going into 2022 can he see himself moving up that depth chart um and if he does i think he can be a really solid weapon for for joss allen moving forward we know he's a good red zone target given his his size and he did show that as, as we mentioned he, he wasn't used much last season in, in the regular season but he did have 17 red zone targets which was 14th amongst wide receivers in the nfl so even in that reduced role the fact that he was still being brought on when the team was in the red zones encouraging to see um I mean, the, the hype is going to it's going to continue to build throughout the off season. Like I said, it's going to live long in the memory that that game against the, the Chiefs. And um, yeah, I think I think his value is going to continue to to creep up in the off season. So, Kev, 
Will you be looking to buy him? Will you be looking to sell him? Or will you be looking to, to, to hold Davis in this offseason? Really interesting question, Matt. Thanks. Um, I, to be honest, I could have picked any of them options and, and mm. gone with it. But, <laughs> um, I mean, first of all, I've got to be honest, I've not fully done the wide receiver ranks. Um, wide receiver 34 acute trade cut, I think on the surface, that does feel too high. He's been the wide receiver 57 the last two seasons. And he actually dropped points from 2020 to 2021. Um, 35 catches in both years as well, which is mm. quite funny. Um, but a wide receiver three in Dynasty, it's, it's pretty crazy. I think it's interesting that he was used as a, a deep threat and a red zone threat. Um, wide receiver 22 in fantasy points per game. So some people just probably think that if he gets more targets, at wide receiver 22 per target, he's, he's going to do great. But actually... Because the target is getting, he's not going to add more of those targets. It's going to be the the short and intermediate targets he adds. So yeah. I think as well, Sanders and Beasley, they will be moved on in time. Um, I think Dawson Knox is this year's Robert Tunyon, uh, touchdown heavy, low receptions. So you can spin a picture of his competition as to why you might be in on Davis. But yeah, um, I can see the dart buying the hope of an increased role, but honestly, if he's not taking the leap or stealing targets from pensioners, Beasley and Sanders, it does feel like a bit of a trap. And I'm actually getting Miko Hardman vibes where he's getting a lot of love for the splash plays. The offense is in, the QB is tighter. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be avoiding it wide receiver 34. If it was in the 50s or if it was Dynasty best ball, then sure. But overall, it's a huge sell for me. Uh, maybe hold one share just in case he's a big outlier. So, um, I'm guessing you're slightly higher than me on Gabe Davis. The question is, Matt, what are we going to do with him in our co-own team in the wildcard league? <laughs> well, Kev, what I think we should do is we, we cut out that whole part that you've just said <laughs> and that I've said that we're not that high on him. And then we just now we just say, oh, yeah, we love we love Davis. We think he's, uh, he's going to break out in 2022 and hopefully we can sell him and, and get a second round pick. I think if, if any of his listeners and that are, that are in that league want to, to give us a second round pick for him, I mean... Yeah, give us a drop us a drop us a message and we can we can arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it is tough. Like you said, I think it's it's interesting going into next season, but there's there's a lot of variables to it. The fact Beasley sticking around, we know that he, he sees plenty of targets. Stefan Diggs is obviously great. If if Dawson Knox does carry on what is what he's been doing, maybe sees a few more targets, then I mean, what's what's Davis looking at? And we know Josh Allen; he, he runs the ball plenty as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough one with Davis and and a guy that I'm not I'm not super high on personally either. And I think I'm looking to sell him if I do have him anywhere and try and take advantage of that that bit of hype that's currently around him. Yeah, if you're in that league, come and get him, but make sure you're <laughs> fair because um, we, we need some people. Well, Matt is, I am sometimes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so when you want to be, when you need to be, <laughs> when I need to be, yeah, we're nice at the start of this show, on us though. Um, yeah, the next guy we're gonna gonna talk about, obviously, Ali's not here tonight, so I had to really step up and put the uh, the Ali cape on and talk about a books player. Um, and I mean, the only books player that really stood out that's still in the NFL is Mike <laughs> Evans, um, the wide receiver. Uh, what uh, an awesome playoffs he had. Um, yeah, a lot was resting on his shoulders about Godwin and Antonio Brown, but he delivered in these playoffs uh, 26.7 fantasy points against the Eagles and then 25.9 fantasy points against the Rams. So extremely small sample size, but this was the wide receiver one overall pace 
for the year, uh, two games, lol. Uh, but <laughs> no top 15 wide receiver season. He's sixth overall in his career, and he's never finished outside the top 25 in his eight years as a pro. He also hit 1,000 yards a game, which he's done every season. Uh, there was a clown on Twitter, I'm not going to name him, but he was moaning about <laughs> Evans did it in a 17-game season, uh, not understanding the fact that he actually missed a game and he did it on 16 games. So, <laughs> uh, truly, Evans had a Hall of Fame-type career. I think in Dynasty, people have already begun to and will continue to fade a 28-year-old wide receiver that's just lost Tom Brady. Uh, wide receiver 20 at Keep Trade Cup, but this is going to go down further. He'll be 29 next year. You've got no clue who the QB is going to be. Uh, talent is undeniable, but guys like Kyle Trask, uh, Blaine Gabbert, it's pretty funny. Uh, sorry, Ali. Um, but yeah, <laughs> show his better cheap QB options out there. I think you're going to see his targets go up and the efficiency go down. But I am still interested in Dynasty. I know that... Um, I know that Ali will still be on him, and I know that Ali likes this type of question. I'm going to ask you as well. So, <laughs> hypothetical question, Matt. Um, without Tom Brady, who are you taking in a startup? Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins? So you took it on the heartstrings there, Kevin. Also pouring a bit of salt in the wound by going for the the guy that was my busting in 2021, but obviously a guy that I really like in in Luke Hopkins. And I promise you now, Kev, this is not take lock, but. I'm still I'm still sticking with New Hopkins. Um, despite obviously the, the disappointing 2021 season. Both pretty similar in, in terms of their age, so you can't really split them on, on that side of it. But I just think with Hopkins, at, at least we have a clearer picture of the situation that he's in. We know the quarterback, Kyle Murray. The guy that I'm I'm still high on. I know Kyle Murray also had his, his struggles last year, but um yeah, when it comes to, to Evans, we, we don't really know now who his quarterback's going to be. We can we can all sit here and, and hope that he gets a, a solid quarterback. But, I mean, if they do go with somebody like Trask or... I mean, it's it's just... It, it's tough and it's yeah. tough to, to have any kind of conviction in, in saying. But, the, again, I'm not going to take any way, anything away from uh, Mike Evans. He's a guy that I, I do like and a guy that I've spoke quite highly of in, in last off-season and... Somebody that I do think is constantly undervalued, given the fact that he does just produce year after year. Um, but then also just looking at Tampa Bay, we don't know the situation with Chris Godwin as well, whether he'll yeah. be leaving or staying in Tampa. That could play a, a big part in the production that Evans has in 2022. Um, so, yeah, personally, I don't think there is much between both of them. I'd say they're pretty much neck and neck, but like you just touched upon, if you're looking at keep trade cut, Evans is as wide receiver 20 and then DeAndre Hopkins wide receiver 31. Mm. I think that's, that's a little bit too far apart for me. Personally, I think they are pretty much neck and neck, and, and I do just favour Hopkins because we know the situation a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, I think if there's a show to fade any books players, it's this one when Ali's not here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Ali's Ali's still pretty bullish on Evans. Actually, I think yeah. just from memory, I think he had him at wide receiver 16 in his rankings mm -hmm. that he did a couple of weeks ago. So, if yeah. I'm incorrect on that and it's a little bit lower, <laughs> Ali, I do apologise. I've made you sound like yeah. a it's, it's probably It's probably higher, knowing Ali. It's probably, <laughs> I'm surprised it's not wide receiver one, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And speaking of wide receiver ones, uh, this next mm -hmm. guy, a little bit like Hopkins and Evans, he's, he, has, he has been a wide receiver one in the past. He's an older chap now, but, yeah, an interesting guy, actually. Matt, mm -hmm. who have you got? Yeah, definitely interesting coming from me, being a being a Giants fan. But Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, it's it's a love hate one with me and and Odell Beckham to be honest, and and this bounce back to form. 
I mean, I'm always going to love it when it when he when he shows up. He's, he's one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL, just going back to his early New York Giants time and, and the career that he had earlier on. But then I hate the fact that he's, he's doing it right now, not on the Giants. I mean, I, I wish that we, we still had him in, in this kind of form and not the, the form that we sadly had towards the end of his time in, in New York. But yeah, we now obviously had the, the tough couple of years or three years, whatever it was in in Cleveland. But now he just looks a completely different player with the Rams. Looks great as their wide receiver too. Um, I think it, it's interesting though, just, just thinking about Odell Beckham, the, the timings with obviously Robert Woods going down with that, that ACL injury. I think it's, yeah. you, you could argue that it's, it's kind of gone in his favour, the fact that Woods went down. It's allowed him to step straight into that wide receiver two position. I mean, we'll be talking about Odell Beckham in the same light if, if Robert Woods was still there, I personally say I don't think we would. I think we we know what Robert Woods is, and we know that that, that Stafford likes likes targeting Robert Woods as well. So, yes, it's interesting just thinking about that and, and what could have been if, if that didn't happen. But it did happen, and and he's looked great. As I said, he scored five touchdowns in in the eight regular season games that he played for the Rams, um, and then in the postseason again, still looking great. 19 receptions, 236 yards and a touchdown in, in the three games. Is that an, another key part of this this team and, and the fact that they've made it to the Super Bowl? Um, again, as a, as a fan of Odell Beckham, I really do hope that the Rams win for, for Odell. I think the talent that he has, I think a guy with that level of talent, he, he deserves it. I, I truly believe that he deserves to, to get a ring. And yeah, it pains me that it's not with the Giants, like I said, but um, <laughs> I, I do I do hope that he gets it. And then looking beyond this season, that's when it starts to become interesting. He's actually a free agent after after this year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Rams are able to keep him. Um, as he now played his way into a, into a much larger contract, the way that he's, he's rounded out this season with the Rams. And you know that the Rams, they are actually up against it when it comes to to the cap space in in 2022 so maybe now do they do they struggle to to be able to keep hold of him because of, of how he's played and performed and and as i say as it as he earned himself that bigger contract so kev if if he if the rams are unable to, to keep hold of old El beckham for 2022 where would you, you your ideal landing spot be for him to to try and maintain this level of form that he's got yeah i love this question Matt. it's very interesting it's great to speculate about where players could or should yeah. go uh, I agree with you. I can't see the Rams keeping both Beckham and Bobby Trees. Um, I did have a long think about this one, and then it hit me the perfect spot. It's the Vikings. Um, they're linking up with his current Rams OC, new Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Um, I mean, he started to flash with the Rams working with him. Uh, secondly, I think the Rams scheme will roll over to the Vikings, where they become more pass-heavy, um, more pass-heavy formations as well. I think KG Osborne was a nice find, but if they're rolling plenty of three and four wide receiver sets, we need more than KG Osborne and Amir Smith Marset. Uh, plus, Adam Fielding will be 32 next year. He's still performing at a high level, but he's getting on a little bit now. I do think as well, uh, Beckham's the ideal wide receiver two, three on a pass heavy team. I think in the Vikings, you've got Jefferson as the alpha, but I can see him and uh, Odell Beckham switching roles between the slot uh, for easy matchups. Let's not forget, um, OBJ is very adept outside. It means Jefferson could move back to the slot occasionally, where he was an absolute star at LSU. That's where he did most of his damage. And I just think with the Vikings, I've got vets like Phelan, Cook, OBJ is the ideal guy to try and go for a ship um, over the next couple of years. It'd be pointless keeping those older guys to go into a rebuild. So... Obviously, you've got that nostalgia for 
uh, Beckham from his Giants days. What if he ended up playing for the other team at MetLife, the Jets? Would you be happy for Dynasty then? I mean, it's not it's not a bad spot, is it? To be honest, it's, it, 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 it means that you step in and be the, the, the wide receiver one on, on that offense. Um, but you do have to think. Obviously, the Jets they, they didn't look brilliant did they last season. Um, yep. I still I still think Wilson can can improve on on what he's shown. Zach Wilson, I think he can can take a step forward. But he is still, as I say, a young quarterback. It's He's, I don't think he's going to be able to live up to, to the kind of form that we're, we're seeing right now with the Rams. I think he does need to go to a team that's more more steady. That The Vikings that you just touched upon, I think that is an absolute ideal spot. We've seen a lot of, of mock drafts for, for the upcoming draft, uh, the NFL draft, and you see the Vikings uh, targeting wide receivers in these mock drafts, so they clearly have a need for it, and like you touched upon, um, they don't really have a, a wide receiver three. Osborne looks, looks good, but I mean, yeah, if you, if you can get a guy like OBJ, then yeah, I think they've they've got to go for it, and then as you touched upon, a team that can can push for a, a Super Bowl with the the players that they have. So, yeah, I'd, I'd enjoy the Vikings as a as a spot. Maybe not the the Jets though. Let's let's just <laughs> let's just keep the Giants as the only New York team that, that Odell plays for. <laughs> Indeed, we've got Beckham, who was a, a star in the NFCs for your Giants um, early on in his career, and we, we're going to move on to a, a guy now that's potentially a star in the NFC East and the stars also on his helmet. It's uh, CD Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to call him an alpha then, but that's, that's probably <laughs> not the right thing to do. Um, he had a promising rookie season where I see him at 22 with Dak. And then this past season, a little bit underwhelming wide receiver 19 with Dak. So, um, it continued into the playoffs. It was a disappointing game against the 49ers. One catch, one carry, 3.6 fantasy points, and a real disappointing end to his second season. Um, it's quite funny to see that Sir John Q. Drake cut after the game where he went from wide receiver 3 to wide receiver 10 in a matter of days, but he's crept back up to wide receiver 7 now. He's steadied out. Um, looking deeper, though, his, his overall value has been dropping since November time, I think. Anything from wide receiver three overall to wide receiver 12 is pretty fluid. I think it's one of the most unpredictable parts of rankings. Um, I know me personally, I think C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins are pretty close. They're tied at the hip in my eyes, but I have to see Lamb way above Higgins. Currently, there's a gap of three spots, but it has been bigger in the past. And I think both very solid second-year guys tied to solid QBs. Um I think the reason that CD gets a bump above Higgins is that path to being the alpha, the wide receiver one on his team. Obviously, it's not going to happen um, for Porty. I'm sure he'll be fine without that. But, um, yeah, I think Lamb was pretty solid on the metrics side. Uh, I just like to see him use more outside and more consistently deeper down the field, which is how the Bengals ironically used to Higgins. But um, I've now got Lamb as my wide receiver seven, which is bang on where the public have him. So... Um, well done me um, I guess the big question <laughs> is what spot do you rank CD Lamb and coming back to an old take from yourself um, who have you got in Dynasty Lamb or T Higgins yeah so I've currently got him as a wide receiver 10 so yeah not not so good for me Kev on, on nailing, <laughs> nailing the, the position but yeah it's funny that you, you mentioned the old take that I had I got some real stick for having T Higgins above CD Lamb last last off season. Admittedly, it was more down to the fact that Dak Prescott. It was still uncertain if he was going to sign that contract. And and when it comes to me and doing my rankings, if there's that kind of uncertainty, I, I find it hard to put my put my name, put my put my conviction to to a guy like that when we don't know the the outcome 
in a matter of well, it was like months, weren't it, back then? What, yeah. what the situation could have been like. So I did have Higgins above him. Um, I do think from a from a talent standpoint, there's there's nothing in it for me between these two guys. Um, but I do think that people were, that were reluctant to admit that the the talent was that close, and and obviously everybody wanted to to jump on CD Lamb. Um, right now, I've literally still got it a couple of spots between the guys. I do have yeah. Higgins just below just below CD Lamb right now. But again, touching on tiers, they are in in the same tier for me. So not nothing in it at all. Um, you touched upon it, Kev. The the talks of will will Mari Cooper leave? Will will Michael Gallup leave? That's going to be really interesting in terms of of Lamb's value. Um, but then when you just look at the the raw stats, the the receptions, the yardage, pretty much neck and neck, aren't they, in terms of production? Yeah. So, um, yeah, can, can I just have them both in Dynasty? I mean, two two great young wide receivers. Um, it's funny. I just I know from watching playoffs games and. T Higgins, when he just makes catches, you just think, wow, what what an unbelievable player he is. He just seems yeah. to to go up and get it. It just comes down with everything. And they're both, as I say, they're both really exciting. Both guys that I love to have. Sadly, don't, I don't think I have any CD lamb, to be honest, but <laughs> I do I do have plenty of T Higgins, so, mm, so that's that's yes. always good. <laughs> I think I'm the same actually, no CD lamb. Um it's just a the hype, isn't it? The, the yeah. hype that he had last off season it was it was always gonna be tough. And you've got to think that earlier on this season, Tiggins, he didn't start the season yeah. the fastest and people were, were burying Tiggins. So yeah. um, it can all change very quickly. But speaking of burying, um, mm-hmm. we've got a, a burial <laughs> reference coming up very shortly. Uh, who's your final guy that stood out for you in the playoffs, Matt? Yeah, that was a nice little little segue to what Thank I'm about you. to say. But <laughs> just like The Undertaker at WrestleMania, <laughs> the streak is over. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, the reigning tight end one year after year after year. It comes to the comes to the end at the hands of Mark Brock Lesnar and his <laughs> sadly sadly ending the streak, albeit he finished tight end too. So I mean, is it is it that is it that much of a big deal? But the streak yeah, is like, over. <laughs> the streak is over. But yeah. Dominant again in, in the postseason, Kelsey, 23 receptions, 299 yards and three touchdowns in, in three games, averaging pretty much 100 yards a game and a touchdown a game. I mean, this is from a guy that's a tight end. He's putting up wide receiver one performances. It's it's crazy. It's it's amazing when it comes to fantasy. Um, to be honest, I'm shocked that his, his dynasty value is it, starting to fall. Tight end four currently on, on keep trade cut. I do get the fact he's obviously 32 years old, but still, I mean, Put some respect on his name, please. I mean, he's just he's just an absolute dominant tight end. Averages 19 fantasy points per game this past season. I mean, any tight end that does that, that's that's a cheat code in fantasy. That's that's a wide receiver in your tight ends, but you're not playing with tight ends, are you? Playing yeah. with playing with an extra wide receiver, not a not a tight end. So yeah, can we just put a little bit of respect, please, on, on Travis Kelsey's <laughs> name? Um and yeah, hopefully it can it can it can long may it continue. So Kev, have we now reached that stage of, of Kelsey's career where it's if you have him in Dynasty, you've just got to ride this thing out and you've got him now until until the end of his career. Yeah, like the Undertaker till the end, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I think that's it. It's exactly right what you've said. Um, you stick with him. He's already sliding down tight end rankings, but yeah. you've got to think if he's on a contender, which really if you've got kelsey you should be a contender if if you're not a contender you've got kelsey shame on you um but yeah i think you're not going to get a better better guy on a weekly basis in your lineup you can try and hit 
a shooting star, someone that's rising in the ranks. Um, but it's not a tactic I'm a huge fan of, to be honest. I tend to try and find an alternative on my roster or a placeholder to try and trade up from it as my tight end two, rather than chip off Kelsey and lose points in my lineup. But basically what I'm trying to say is I try and get another guy on my roster um, as a long-term replacement or as a step to the next guy after Kelsey. Um, you've got to treat him like Derrick Henry of tight ends, in my opinion. Um, personally, I still think he's great. He is a little bit more volatile now than previous, but I think as well, I do expect the Chiefs to add another big offensive weapon this offseason, so that might keep him volatile. But, yeah, I just think he's rock solid. Um, the only one guy I'd definitely have above him is Kyle Pitts. Um, a little bit like, because he is going to be used like a wide receiver, I feel like. Um I'm really, really high on pits and I need to get some pitch share. So I've got to put him number one because uh, I don't have any of him. But yeah, I think Travis Kelsey, it shouldn't be tight and four. Um, is he still your tight and one out of interest? You're talking very bullish on him. <laughs> it, it, it's tough, isn't it? This, this, this just feels like Newt Hopkins all over again for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I like him and then he's going to fade out and, and I'm going to look like an absolute Muppet next, next off season. But I think he's right up there. I think... Kyle Pitt, the, the cop-out way would be to to put Kyle Pitts as, as number one because he's young. We know for a fact that his, his value eventually at some point is going to be going to be higher than Travis Kelsey and then I can say, ha, 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 I told you so. It, it was always going to happen. It, I mean, it, it's it, it's a way of life. It's going to happen. He's, he's going to have more value than Kelsey at some point. So, um, yeah, I think I think Kyle Pitts is, is probably my tight end one. Um, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago that I said he wasn't, but... Um, yeah, I'm same. I'm the same. It's it's tough because we talk, if you if you're contending, then I think Kelsey should be your tight end one. He is the one that you can guarantee is going to be. You admitted, yeah, there's, there's obviously a bit of volatility in him, but um, he's, he's still a guy. He's the one that you can rely on. Pitts is what we're hoping. We're hoping he can become Travis Kelsey, and when he does, if he can continue it for for ten years, I mean, what is he, 10, 11 years younger than than Kelsey? Then <laughs> then amazing. So. Yeah, I think if if you win now, I'd still personally rather have Kelsey, but I know for a fact long term the the value is obviously with with Pitts. Yeah, we we both had Kelsey one, Pitts two mid season in yeah. our rankings. Um, Ali had Pitts one, so mm-hmm. I guess well done, Ali, on that one. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll we'll give you that one after that little bit of abuse earlier on. Um, <laughs> uh, but speaking of Titans, we love. This is a guy that mm. I know you love and. I like this guy as well. I like the team he plays for sometimes. <laughs> um, it's Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I had to mention Philly on a playoff show. Um, yeah, just to confirm that the Eagles didn't make the playoffs. Um, you might not have known with the block loss to the Bucks, but we did make it. Um, actually, the last team that Tom Brady defeated before he retired, so that's a nice, um, nice stat, I guess. But the only consolation is... The Eagles are the last team to beat him in a Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not all, all fun for Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> not at all. But, yeah, the, the guy that stood out for me in the books, uh, the loss to the books was Goddard. Um, yeah. Tight end. A very popular breakout candidate for next season already. 17-game pace post. Uh, Zach Ertz was 227.2 fancy points, which was tight end three. Um on that pace and Jacob Sanderson did a great buy God at Fred highlighting uh, metrics like it was fourth in target rate tight end one in yards 
um, per outran, uh, sixth in target share. Lots of data backing up a Mark Andrews type leap. To be honest, I don't hate the shout. I often compare Philly as a mini Baltimore, the real life blueprint if they are going to go all in on Hertz. Uh, and I definitely see Goddard as the alpha wide receiver in the offense. Um, I think the tight end one overall season is unlikely. I think Philly Conrad, wide receiver talent. And also, I don't see Jalen Hurts as a as a Lamar Jackson caliber <laughs> passer, which um, that, that says enough, really, on Hurts. Uh, but plenty to suggest that Goddard's a player to target. Out of the group below the top six, he stands out. There's guys like Schultz, who could end up anywhere. There's uh, Postman Pat. He could have anyone as his QB. Uh, Dawson Knox mentioned Robert Tunyon vibes. No fan. I think he's a little bit overrated. Mike Siki again, he could end up anywhere on any team. So I think if it's a target um, outside of the top six, it's Dallas Goddard. I think he's got the best chance of moving up. I also think he's a great placeholder to keep on your roster until you are ready to trade up for those top two or three. So um, what do you see as Goddard's absolute ceiling in Dynasty with um, the less than elite Jalen Hurts as his QB? <laughs> Well, as you say, he's, he's one of my favourite players, especially at the, the tight end position. And I do think the upside is is huge with Goddard. And I'm going to say top three. I think top three tight yes. end in, in 2022. I could maybe even push for top two, to be honest. I'm I'm that excited about him. I, I get I get all the yeah. concerns with obviously the quarterback. Yeah, I know that the, the quarterback is the is the issue, but he's going to be one of the top pass catching options in this offense. And when you talk about these elite tight ends. They've all got one thing in common, and it's that opportunity, that that target share. That they tend to be the the lead, the lead target in that offense. So, I mean, looking at Goddard, I think he's arguably the the number one target in in that team. Um, taking Great. nothing away from Devontae Smith, who was a guy that he definitely proved me wrong. A guy that I was wasn't super super excited about landing with the Eagles, but he did look good in in flashes. But I just think Goddard is that reliable tight end that your quarterback needs and somebody like Hertz he's gonna he's gonna pepper him with targets he averaged six targets per game um last season 11.6 fantasy points per game and was the tight end five from week seven to week 17 that was obviously after uh Zach Hertz got traded so yeah a lot of exciting signs when when you think about Goddard and what he can do in 2022 and I'm I'm gonna say yeah top three I think it's definitely within his, his range of outcomes probably gonna be a guy that I'm I'm going to be super high on when I drop my rankings. Yeah, you're probably going to think I'm, I'm a little bit in love with, with Goddard. But <laughs> I've been waiting for it, Kev. It's, it's been a long time coming at it with Goddard. Yeah. Um, the fact that we, we now get to see him as that that lead tight end, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. I wonder if he'll be as excited when it's uh, Malik Willis throwing passes to him. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> I w- I wouldn't as long he... as he's getting targets, Kev, that's all I care about. As long as if, if you throw him the ball, let him let him do the rest. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be squeaky bum time for the uh, Earth's owners. Uh, mm. If there's if there's any more positive performances from these rookie QBs this off season at the combine or pro days, etc., I'd be I'd be a nervous Hertz owner. Um, mm. I might be a nervous God owner if Malik Willis is throwing passes, but um, <laughs> but I do like him. Uh, I'm going to put myself actually. I went on the Dynasty Drive show with Matt and Ali a couple of weeks back and took Malik Willis at the 110. So uh, cheers for that, lads. Um, <laughs> so you yeah. have to get that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't have many good takes or positive, uh, <laughs> positive uh, bits of content. So uh, I'm going to plug that one. <laughs> so yeah, that brings us uh, to the end of. Uh, tonight's show where we've reviewed the standout performances from the 2021 NFL playoffs 
from a dynasty point of view. So, um, have you got any thoughts on uh, today's show? Any final thoughts from today's show, Matt? Yeah, I think it's good that we've gone over these guys and, and, and the ones that have stood out in the playoffs. These are the kind of performances that they usually get forgot about, to be honest, in fantasies. We know they, they don't show up on, on the game log on, on Sleeper and, and stuff like that, yeah. wherever you play your, your fantasy football. So they tend to, to be forgotten about. Um, but yeah, one more game to go, Kev, until, until it's all in the books, just just the, the Super Bowl. Just a Super Bowl to go. Um, I'm going to back the Rams, Kev. I know you, you touched on maybe it could be it could be the Bengals, but I mean they're at home. I just think they're going to do it and do it for Odell Beckham Jr. I want, as I say, I want him to to get that ring. But it's it's interesting with the Rams. They're they're kind of like that owner in in your dynasty league. They've sold off all the future assets. They've gone all in for the win, and it's kind of played out from they've got to the final. But yeah, I think they could potentially be an orphan in a year or two, given given the way that, that the things have gone. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a, an awesome analogy, that Matt. I think um, all I would add to that is if you're terrible at drafting in Dynasty, trade your picks away or get better at your process. Do a Rams if, if you're struggling. Just trade all your picks. Uh, if you're making picks like two to act well, then you're better off trading um, your picks away for veterans. So um, crazy playoffs. I don't think anybody was picking the Bengals to make the Super Bowl even as late as a month ago. Um <laughs> Awesome predictable part. So elite guy smashed it. Cooper Cup, who we didn't even mention today, because it's no. just a given that he's he's crushed it. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans, uh, but who saw Gabe Davis hanging a fifty burger on the mm. Chiefs? Eh? Um my biggest takeaway from the playoffs, from a dynasty point of view, is the vividness bias that fantasy players will remember the last game or the playoffs as a whole. Use that to your advantage and target the underperformers or sell the overachievers. And then also we've got some big news at the Fantasy Wildcard. We're going to be dropping mm. some news just before Super Bowl Sunday. So do keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter page just before kickoff. Uh, we're going to do it half time, but I'll be too busy uh, <laughs> watching uh, Eminem and Dre with it up. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, exciting. It is really exciting news. We'll be, we'll be glad to share it with you all. And um, I'm sure you'll like it. So, yeah, just uh, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. Also, leave us a five-star podcast review if you've enjoyed the show today. This does really help us with getting exposure to a wider audience. And join us for our next show, which drops the podcast next Tuesday, February the 15th, and stream on Wednesday the 16th at 8 p.m. UK time, uh, where we're going to welcome on the awesome Wardy of the Fantasy mm-hmm. Collective to discuss his dynasty value winners and losers of the 2021 season. Thank you once again. Have a good one and we'll see you soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game. <laughs>